This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Michael Gannett with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. It's another beautiful day in the Jewish state. And uh, I want to start off this radio show by saying thank you and this video by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio for bringing the truth of the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States. The truth about Israel as this country is amazing. Amazing. Number one in the world in technology, agriculture, and medicine, and, and in the vast amounts of humanitarian work that the Jewish people do around the world. It is a miracle. The beauty of it and the greatness of the people. My mother was just here for two weeks. Yeah. And she used to listen... Sir, could you introduce yourself to us? Yes, uh, my name my name is Johan Benita. I I'm 56 years old, and uh, I'm I live in Israel. I live in France. Uh, I was born in Israel, but uh, I lived in France for about 20 years. Wow! And my native language is French, so. You can hear amazing. Yeah, a little bit of an accent there. <laughs> my accent. Well, we're right now in Ramat Hasharon. Yes. This is we're, in, we're actually in your home. I want to say thank you for inviting us in your home. This is why I'm, I was when 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 I was doing the commercial. Uh, I don't even know how we got into the discussion. I think we just I was telling about the radio show. You told me about your radio show and soldiers and how uh, you see that our country is fighting. Uh, uh, and and I don't know how it's come out that uh, I was hijacked uh, in in a TV and 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 and, and I needed uh, to thanks to this soldier they saved my life right. so so this is how it came yeah um, without Israeli army I was not here to talk to you right and this is the amazing thing folks now. Yoram was actually, in 1976, um, some Nazis, basically they're Nazis from Germany, and some Muslims who they call Palestinians. I only use the word Palestinian or Arab. Uh, there are no Palestinians, and Arab is a cultural term mm-hmm. because there are Arabs that aren't Muslims. That's right. And so I use the word Muslim because this is a problem that we have around the world, but uh, there are some Nazis and some Muslims that had captured uh, an Air France flight coming out of Greece, uh, taking, uh, I don't know how many Jews that were on the flight. We were about 80. 80. Yeah. And so this this flight had been taken to Entebbe, Uganda, and this was, I think, one of Israel's first experiences with a plane being hijacked with their own citizens on it. Yeah, that was Sabena before, I think. Okay. But one of the things that actually pushed me to come to this country was the final tipping point, was watching the life of Yonatan Netanyahu, Yoni Netanyahu, who's the brother of Benjamin Netanyahu. Yoni uh, had finished his time in the army in a very special unit called Serat, how do you say it? Sayeret Makhad. Sayeret Sayeret Makhad. And so Yoni had served his time, 
uh, going to the United States, he was married, got a four-year scholarship to Harvard for an undergraduate. But he saw what was happening here in Israel, and he said, I have to go back and stand with my country, with my people. Now, here's the amazing thing. You're married, you take your wife abroad, yes. she's got a comfortable life, Yes. and to think that your wife would be like, now I'm sure that I'm, nobody has a perfect marriage, but to think that your wife would say, honey, whatever you got to do, let's go back. That's right. That takes a lot of woman. That takes a lot of woman. So they came back, he rejoined the military, and once the hijacking took place, Yoni was the key planner and devised the raid in Entebbe where they took C-130s. Uh, some of these soldiers had never been outside the country. Uh, they, the, the, the plan to come and rescue you in Entebbe, Uganda, was not even foolproof because... I don't even think there was enough fuel. Actually, there was a. They were scared there wasn't even enough fuel to actually get there and come back. Uh, it was crazy because uh, they fight for uh, going to Italy and rescue us. Yeah, they fight for it. They wanted everybody wanted to be part of it. Right, and this is uh, amazing all the time because I'm thinking just to, you you going to risk your life for somebody you don't even know. Right. And you are fighting for it. You, if you are, if you are not choosing, if you are not choosing to go there, you you don't feel good. You you you, you say oh, why? Why I'm not good enough? So wow. this, <laughs> this is how they think, and they don't care. I don't know what is what is it. I'm sure they care, but they overcome that fear. It's for the good reason, and and they. And they're doing the job also, you know. They, they have to res- rescue uh, people and they're going there and they don't ask them themselves questions. Because I talked to this soldier yeah. and I said, God, you are the hero. He said, what hero? I'm not hero. I'm just doing no, what they job. should do, right. and, you know. Uh, and, and they don't feel hero. For me, they are super hero. Okay. And, and, and so... Uh, Real quick, that what happened was was that they landed in Uganda. Uh, Idi Amin, who was the dictator, the the military presidential dictator of Uganda at that time, had threatened to kill all of the Jews on that flight because what they did was they actually separated from the Jews from the non-Jews. Yeah, and we're going to get into some of this detail mm-hmm. here in a sec. I just want to do a brief overview. Yes, but uh, they separated the Jews from the non-Jews, let the non-Jews go kept all the Jews and said, if you don't release Muslim prisoners in the Israeli jail cells who are guilty of terrorism, mm-hmm. then we're going to kill every one of these Jews that we have. Now, keep in mind that not all of the Jews on the flight were Israeli. Mm-hmm. And that's very important that we're going to get into because uh, I did an interview last year with the lady, Sarah Gunter Davison, who her and her husband and two boys were on that flight, and that was like one of my top interviews last year. It's about to be my, my top interview for this year. But uh, Yoni and all of those men risked their lives, saved every person on that plane except for one lady who had gotten sick. They took her to the hospital there in Uganda. And when the, the, these, the Jews were rescued by Yoni Netanyahu and his men, uh, when Idi Amin found out that you got away, which is crazy, a miracle. And we destroyed all his, his, his planes. All his planes, everything. That's yes. crazy. That guy was so mad that he actually killed this elderly lady that was Jewish. Now, the only person that did not survive that entire raid, the only soldier that was killed, was Yoni. That's right. 
And I can imagine what that. So, we're, but we're going to get into this because I'm going to show you a picture. And if you're if you're listening to the radio show, you're actually not going to obviously see the picture until you watch the video after the radio show is aired. But I'm going to show you this picture, and uh, this picture is amazing because I'm going to get it autographed. And if you look at the guy, the young man right here, that's you, y'all. That's me. That's you. You were how old? Seventeen. Now, y'all, you know, I want to start off uh, by asking you where you were born. In Israel. In Israel. What town were you born in? In uh, Kfar Saba. In Kfar Saba, which is not too far from here. No, no, it's just, just yeah. down the road. Uh, so, you were, what was it like to grow up here during that time? Were your grandparents, where were your grandparents from? No, no, I, I did not grow up here because my, 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 my parents came to Israel. Ah. And from 56 to uh, 61, 62, and I just was born here by mistake, you know. By mistake? By mistake. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's and, awesome. And they spent a few years here, and after my father had to go back to, to France. Where, so your so, family's originally from France? Yes, so I I grew up in France. Well, your, your grandparents then were obviously, were your parents? Algeria. For my grandparents are from Algeria. Algeria. Yes, Algeria. And my parents also were, were born in Algeria, but ah. they came to France very... Uh, After World War II, obviously. Yes, yes. Wow. So what about, so, your, now that's your grandparents on both sides of the family, right? Yes, yes. Ah, okay. Okay, interesting. And uh, so I grew up, my, my native language is French, it's not Hebrew. I, so, uh, and in at, uh, 1970, my parents came back to Israel, and I was Ole Hadash, I was a new immigrant wow. who was born in Israel. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Funny. And who don't know Hebrew. So, and, and I grew up, uh, so half of my, part of my childhood, it was uh, in France and another part in Israel. So I'm something mixed, you know. Yeah. My culture is mixed. Both worlds. It's, it's, yes, it's half Israeli, half French. And uh, I feel like that also. Wow. Uh, and um, uh, for me, it was a shock when I came from France with education, the strict education. In Israel, everything is open and you 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 talk to to, to the teacher like your uh, friend, it was, you know, it's yeah. for me. But uh, so I grew up and uh, and still I was 17 years old. So, now, you were 17 when the plane was hijacked. Yes. Now, what, what uh, you, were your parents, tra- you were obviously traveling from Israel, but you were going to France. We were going to France and after a while, to Bar Mitzvah, and after a while we had to go to my aunt uh, in Canada. So in Canada, okay. Yes, yeah, so it was the way to travel. So um, you're, you're traveling to France to go to a Bar Mitzvah, uh-huh. and you, you said you weren't even supposed to be on that plane. No, 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 it was not our plane. It was, our plane uh, had a delay of three hours. So uh, they said, we, we can put you on a, another plane that stopped in Greece and uh, wow. and uh, my mother said yes it's a good it's it's okay we could, because we will be on time and uh, nobody will wait for us say uh, at the airport for uh, three hours and my father said no I don't want this uh, we have our 
uh, fly and we, we don't have to change and the start argue, but my mother finally decided that uh, we will go on this plan and it was wow. not one. <laughs> wow. It was the, not the good one. Wow, wow. So, I can't, I, there's, there's so much that goes through my mind while I'm sitting here because I've watched and read about the story over and over and over again and it is truly, truly a miracle. And personally, as an outsider, I was, uh, you know, obviously I wasn't there, but I look at that and I say, that was only God. It's more than God, I think. It's, it's more than a miracle. And human he- effort involves, you know. So let's start off. You get on the plane. Yeah. You're 17. Yes. And it was my first time. Your first time flying. Flying, yes. You weren't supposed to be excited. on this plane. You weren't even supposed to be on this plane. No. What was it like? You're on this plane. You land in Greece. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking off. Yes. What to, to tell us what happened... Uh, we, we took off, and, and uh, five minutes after we took off, I heard something, somebody screaming. Uh, uh, Can you still feel it and picture it in your Yeah, head? sure. It's like yesterday. Uh, for me, it's very clear. Uh, our uh, memory can memorize things that uh, shock you. Yeah. So, uh, I heard noise and I thought maybe somebody burned himself in the kitchen and you know I, I didn't know what is it and and after a while I see people I saw people coming from the first class to to the second class like I did not understood what's happening. We understood that something is happening but I I, I didn't understood and Suddenly, I saw somebody with a gun and a remote, how do you say, a grenade? grenades. Wow. Uh, I didn't know if it's a part of the show or... I, 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 it's very hard to understand that you are hijacked. I, I no, it's you. And even... And so people came back and... They, they wanted all the, the people from the first class and the business class to be in the second class. second class and to group everybody together. And after a while, we, we heard from, uh, on the speakers that uh, we were hijacked. Wow. And uh, everybody should be calm and, uh, and on and on. And... Uh, they give a name, Haifa, to the plane, and, and and now you understand that you um, you're in danger. I mean by that by that, that you know you you are you, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to think. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to react. You don't know if you have to cry if you have to uh, do something it's hard very hard to realize the situation right it's suddenly you are from a very excited situation that you are flying and you will see relative and you you are going uh, to another country and 
you are traveling and everything is happy and you're happy and suddenly the situation changed dramatically that you are you don't know what will happen in a few seconds hold that thought we're going to take a break we're going to come back mm-hmm. for the second segment wow this is the first segment we'll be right back folks and we're back this is Michael Gnome with Insight to Israel Chocolates for Heroes okay wow I got a thousand questions but I'm going to let you continue so you've been hijacked now let me ask you how did your parents react I don't know I, I, I was not sitting with them I was just ah <coughs> behind them and uh, but you know they, they, they worry about me and um, we, we, we all were shocked but what's happened uh, to my parents and to me and you don't know is that uh, after I don't know how much time um, the German woman came and wanted to have uh, one of the uh, she, she chose me she said get up and she took me on the front of the plane and she put the gun here and she said if somebody will move I will kill this guy wow yeah and you were 17 years old yeah and she wanted to take a child or something that cannot react And I sat there about three hours with the gun here or here, uh, and she was shaking, and I remember the gun shaking, and I said, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, she will shoot me without, you know, just because she was nervous, nervous, very nervous. Uh, I, I, I tried to be calm and... I remember I wanted to go to the toilet, but I, I, I was afraid to open my mouth and ask something. Wow. Uh, so, at this time, I know from my parents after that they saw me there and they were very upset. And, uh, and uh, they asked uh, from the steward uh, if they can do something to take me out. Of her, and after I, they had the opportunity because the German woman, I don't know why she left me for a few minutes, and they took me from there. Wow! Backward with all the people, and I went onto the seats. Wow! For another hour, <laughs> and she forgot about me, and uh, this is how it's finished. And I returned to my seat. Now, you're in the air, and you you land. And did you land anywhere else before you got to Uganda? Because I'm thinking about. Well, did you need to refuel? Libya. In Libya. Yeah. Wow. Wow. In Libya. Wow. That's a big. You got to fly to Libya and then fly all the way back. Yes. That's a long flight. Oh, it was 24-hour flight. Wow. Something like that. So when you landed in Libya, if I understand correctly, now, were there any police that came around the airplane? Do you remember looking at the window? Yeah, sure. We were surrounded by police, and I remember it 
was very hard into the plane and they opened the doors. Yeah, there was no, uh, yeah, yes. I, I read about that. And no water and, uh, and uh, we waited. For, we, didn't, we didn't know where we are we going. We, know, we knew that we are in Libya and, you know, we didn't feel so secure to be in Libya. Sure. Uh, now, was Gaddafi, I don't remember. Yes, Gaddafi. He was in power then. Yes. And uh, we waited for a few hours there, and after they, they took off again, we didn't know what destination we are going. But finally, uh, we arrived to Uganda, Antebe. And they told us uh, that uh, they will release us it's just for a few hours and they are in negotiation with the government and everything will be alright and they put us into a terminal. Now, during this time, I'm sure they, they've obviously made it clear on the plane already, we're here because we want Muslims, they didn't, they didn't use the term obviously, uh, we want them released from Israeli jails. Was there any reaction from the non-Jews on the plane towards you if they found you you were Israeli or Jewish? Was there any negative reaction, or was everybody just scared at the same time, wanting to be out of the situation? That's a good question. I never thought about this question, about somebody that is not involved directly, because he's not Jew. Right. Uh, and what? We ask the good stuff here at Inside Israel. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've done a thousand interviews. Yeah, but I never thought about this question. Uh, I I think you you should ask these people what they thought about it. I cannot answer. Okay. I cannot answer this. Uh, but they did not uh, react differently. Oh, everybody was scaring, and uh, uh, we know we were on the same boat. Right. Until we separate. Right. We, we, they but it would be easy to blame. To blame Israeli Jews for the situation. Uh, uh, I, I would think you know if you're not Jewish. Uh, and not thinking rationally, especially in a situation like that, I could see how it would be easy for people to not, in that situation, not thinking rationally, to blame. Obviously, they want to blame someone. My next question is this. Here you are. You've landed. You're hot. No water. I can't even imagine that. Did, did the terrorists have water? Were they, did they have any kind of supplies that they yeah, were not they, offering? Yeah, they, 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 you know... Uh, it was not enough food, enough water, but you know, you don't really care about it. Yeah. You, you, you don't think about water. You don't become hungry all of a sudden. No, it's, it's, it's uh, over much. Your, 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 what you think about is your life. Right. Do you, do you recall any conversation that maybe you heard your parents talk about, about the situation to each other? Or maybe they weren't trying to scare you or try to keep you calm? I remember my father that said that. He wanted to to do something. He wanted to, to fight them, to fight them, and uh, organize something. We're always checking what we can do and checking with other people. And uh, finally, it was too dangerous because one shot and all the plane. Came, yeah, uh, one grenade. It's done. Yes, it's done. So it was too risky to to do something like that. But my father was always uh, thinking about it. During all the periods we were there, my uh -huh. father was thinking, what, how can 
get out of it. How can we fight that? Why? We should not stay like help be held prisoner. Yes, it's like the Shoah, you know. Right. It's you know we thought about the Shoah a lot. Uh, it's remind us uh, uh, that uh, what was the Shoah? They kill people because they are Jewish. That's right. Only. Okay. And people uh, did not really react. Just only after they did did not even understood what's going on and realized that they are they are going to kill them. So and they, and finally they went to the death, like you know, uh, quietly, I can say. Right. Uh, so uh, 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 my um, my 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 father is a fighter. He's a fighter, and and he's always thought about uh, doing something. Let me, you know, uh, you're you're familiar with Sarah Gunter Davison, who was on this, who talked about the same mm-hmm. situation. You know, she, here's a woman that survived the show. She's older, and she said it was. She goes, it was. Insane to me that I survived the Holocaust, the Shoah, and now here they are pointing guns at my my children. Mm-hmm. After you know, I'd come through everything I did, and now these same people, the same people, are pointing guns at my children. I can't even imagine that. They took the woman, the German woman, man. They took German screamer on us in Germany and Schnell and on and on. So it, it, it's a remind us wow. of the situation and wow. you, you can imagine that uh, it was easy to make the link between what the situation we were and the Holocaust. Even the Holocaust it's thousand walls than what we lived, you know, it was one week only and right. they had to suffer years for years I don't so it's just a small link right. in your mind. So now you land in Uganda, mm. and now they're taking you off the plane, right? You, you land in Entebbe, yes. in Uganda. Yes. Uh, and from what I understand, Idi Amin came and spoke to you. Yeah, a few times, yes. And d- d- is there anything that he said that really stood out to you? I mean, I, I think if I recall, it, like, what he said, he said, oh, you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he said that he will protect us and he's from our side. He's not from a, a... But he cannot do anything because... Uh, <laughs> the, so he's basically he, making he excuses. Was, yes, yes, sure. Uh, it was hard to believe him and what he's saying. But, I, you know, I was very young. I was 17 years old and in my mind, is not. I, I didn't hear even what he's saying. I yeah. didn't care about what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I was thinking about how we're gonna get out of it, and right. if we are going to get out of it. And for me, it was very hard to believe that we. I start. I started to understand that we will die. Wow. Wow. Finally, <laughs> uh, even nice words, and uh, we understood that uh, we will not release the Palestinian uh, prisoner. The government will not do it. I don't think you should ever uh, look. I respect, and I'm. 
it's, it is a miracle. I'm glad that you came out of that. I see the results today when you compromise with this wickedness. Mm-hmm. What you get in return, you get dead Jews. Yes. Finally, yes. When you release prisoners, that's what the government's done. I don't talk a lot about the Israeli guys. That's for you guys to handle. But the releasing of prisoners, like uh, Gilad Shalit, yes. I'm glad that young man's alive. I would have never released one prisoner. Because now what's happened is, and I think there's a way that maybe you could have rescued him. I'm not looking back and saying, what I am saying is, is that the end result, even though he's alive, and I love that, and I think he still would be. I think you. I know you. Listen, I studied enough about this country. You'll find a way to get him. Uh, but the prisoners that released went back into circulation. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it's. Well, are you when you are in the situation? Right. That it's your life. Right. And we saw that people talked about this question: Should we release the prisoner for? Saving our life or not? What, what do you think, looking back, even though you're saved, did, did, at that moment... I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave and I wanted them to release everything. I just uh, saved my life. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. I want to say thank you to all those who've listened to Insight to Israel on America's Web Radio for the past three years as we tell the truth about the Jewish state that the leftist media and Islam and global governments will never tell. The truth about Israel, as this country is number one in the world in technology, agriculture, and medicine, and the vast amounts of humanitarian work that it does around the world. I also want to stop and say thank you to all those that are participators and not spectators by sending chocolate bars to the soldiers, to the Israeli soldiers that defend freedom every day from Islamic invasion with notes of love, prayers, and support. God bless you, and thank you for continuing to stand with these brave young men and women. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. God bless the patriot conservatives who stand for the Judeo-Christian-founded Constitution and Bill of Rights, and God bless Israel in her fight for sovereignty and security. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. It's more important than the prisoner, but I understood also that if they will release the prisoner, we will have more Jews in, in security and maybe they will kill other people. So it's a dilemma, you know. It's, of course. You, you, wow. You, you, if you think about yourself, so you want them to release because you want to save your Understandable. life. Understandable. And, but if you think about your country, it's not good to say to, to release this prisoner yeah. because they, it's, it's making in danger other people's lives. How did you, you don't have uh, 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 an answer, a right. clear answer. No, exactly. What, how, what did your parents do? You, do you remember any kind of reaction that your parents gave when they heard cause they, they, that they weren't going to release the prisoners? I'm sure it, it was made knowledge to you yes. that your government is not going to release anyone. So now that it's probably, obviously it's heightened the situation for you it, that death may be even more inevitable. My parents said that if I was not there, they didn't care. <laughs> wow, God bless your parents, wow. They were worried about me because they, they feel not good that they took me into this situation because I'm a child. So as parents, I know that when we are in danger, you are looking for your children. Because you have two children. You save your children. What's important is your children, is not yourself. Right. 
so um, um, I, I don't know if I don't know if one person has a, had a clear answer right. about uh, what it's good or not good, what it's right or not right. To think, even not to, just to think. Right. Uh, so, um, and and even with Gilad Shalit, you know, you, you have to think if you were the father of Gilad Shalit, right. what would you think? Right. Uh, so it, it's different position, different yeah. position, you see not things in other way. Now, let me ask you, what did you think when... Uh, when they started separating the Jews from the non-Jews, ah, oh, it was, it was, I think, the most uh, problematic part of. We understood that, you know, until we did, they did not separate, we knew that we are somewhere insecure because we knew that they don't want to kill a, a Christian, not Jewish people. Right, okay. Right. In so so we feel insecure, more insecure. But when they we saw that they, you know they had the table with all the passports, and we saw that. They said, okay, now we will call people, and all people, they opened, you know, there were walls, they opened a small uh, hall. Yeah, yeah. That, but small, like this. Right. And you had to go under under that to the next room that you don't know what there are. And they say, in this room, we have bumps, and you should not touch anything. And we will call one by one people that should go to this room. So we understand that they are making a separation. Wow. After a while, we understood very fast that they are, they are calling only Jewish people because of the names. Wow. And, and, and not everyone was Israeli. No. But they choose Jewish. Right. And uh, and this is the, it was a very very difficult moment because we understood that they separate us maybe to kill us. Right. Uh, we didn't know what what they will do with the other people, but when they call my name, uh, it's like. They send me to death. You know, I'm dead. And I knew that they will call my name. But when you call your name and you go to the other room with other Jewish people, and we we feel that uh, this is the end. And after we are, they we heard that they will release the yeah, other people, the other people, and they keep us. So realize that we are in real danger and uh, I, I think it was critic time yeah. for for everybody let me ask you uh, when I interviewed Sarah last year she said that specifically there were Jews that weren't Israeli that said to the to the terrorist we're not with them 
were not with those people. I don't know if it was worded exactly like that, but basically they were denying wanting to be a part of you, uh, the Jews from the Israeli Jews. Yeah. The non-Israeli Jews. Did you did you see any of that or hear? Yes, that? I, I see. I heard. Uh, it did not surprise me. What what now? And they didn't separate them. So now, what's it like that you're in a room with people who deny even being a part of you, denying their own people? I can't imagine what that must be like. Um, yes, but. Uh, I think you have to separate to be Jew and to be Israeli. Without the Even Jews, there would be no Israel. Jewish country. Without the Jews, there would be no Israel. I know, but this thing, this is two separate, separate things. I mean by that that when you are Jew and you are also an Israeli and you are, it's not the same that you are Jew and you are somewhere. But they didn't, they didn't, the terrorists didn't look at that as a difference. No. For them, it's Jewish Jew. Were, were you, do, do you, in that moment, I mean, I know it's, you're older now, and maybe there's some things that you haven't thought about, but did you ever feel any disdain or, or uh, dislike for those people because they denied being a part of, they're a part of you no matter what, whether you're Israeli or not, they obviously... A Jew is a Jew to these people, and they are. You're, yes, I think yes. Do you, you think your parents did? Did they ever talk about? No, I I, I didn't talk so much with my parents about Tebe and all what's happened, even years after. Uh, it's a subject that we did not open. And you were the only child that was actually with them, correct? Yes, yes. I have two brothers, one brother, one brother and one sister that were in Israel. So, uh, what, what, wow, what was their reaction like when they found out now? Wow, my, my parents, our brothers captured. Uh, they went crazy. Wow. They went crazy because they, they, they knew that they can lose three uh, people, like parents and, and the brother together. Yes, it was a very difficult situation also for them. So, now you've been given a deadline. You, you're, you're hot. Are they feeding you okay? Are they giving you plenty of water? Yeah, they're feeding us uh, with uh, coco- crocodile meat and bananas, and uh, um, and we had uh, also in this interior. But it was okay. It was okay. It was right. not so bad. It was not so bad. So we slept on the floor. We slept on the, um, the condition where not. Not so bad condition. Yeah, it was not good for sure. Right. But uh, you know, you don't complain about the condition. You just want to get out. You want to get out of it. That's it. You see, you see the lake, uh, and and you see, um, you want to run away. You right. want to. You you know. I dream few times that uh, uh, we were released or we were going back and and um, and you just want to think it's a dream a bad dream and you will wake up and you go and it will not be there yeah wow so okay so this lasted for a week 
you went through this for a week, the one week. You can't even imagine. <laughs> so at the end of that week, towards the end, that's when you found out. Okay, uh, if I'm if I understand the timeline correctly, you found out that unless these people were released, was it after Shabbat that you were gonna they they threatened to kill you, or was it before Shabbat? Oh, it was before. I think we were there for two days or something like that, and we knew that after Shabbat they. They will kill each hour, I think, yeah. one of us. Yes. Every hour, kill Every one. hour. So I thought, I don't want to be the first one. I want to be the last one. <laughs> I don't know how that would be because I don't want to see all these people die and then know at the end that's what I'm going to get. You have all those thoughts in your head. You know, I was sitting with the pilots. I like to stick with the pilots. Um, I like it to hear them talking and and I remember. Uh, Were they talking in Hebrew? No, French. In French. Eastern France. Yeah. Uh, so I'm French, uh, yeah. so I feel comfortable with them, and they, they, they were very nice. And uh, I remember they was they were thinking about okay, let's say that the Israeli army are coming to to save us, to release us. How they will do that? <laughs> uh, and they make calculated things, you know, the, the travel and the where they should realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat with them, and and finally they get uh, to a conclusion that it's impossible. No way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sarah said. Sarah said the same thing. It's impossible. It's impossible. Uh, uh, even because of the, you know, of the fuel, right? I I, I talk also to the pilot that they, they come to release us from the Hercules, and they calculate that they don't have enough fuel <laughs> to arrive directly to 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 Ghana from Israel to Ghana. They have to refuel refuel uh, somewhere and. And, and they said that also that uh, uh, during the, the, the travel they had storm uh, storm yeah they had a storm big storm that had to fly maybe 10 meters uh, off the ground off the ground yeah very low to keep under the radar yes but it's like more fuel and when they also, when they, you know, I didn't know that, but when you make a uh, full tank on, on, on plane, uh, you have to keep some secure place that, you know, uh, it's not full 100%. Right. It should be 90%. And one of the pilots, when they see the guy stop, uh, he said, go on. Keep filling it. Wow. Keep so they risk their life. It's going out. Right. <laughs> wow. And wow. Say, we don't care. We have put as much as you can. No security. No, 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 no. Go on. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. These men really it's risk their lives. It's amazing. What, what was it like for you? So here you've been through this whole week. You think there's, you're going to die. Yeah. What was it like when they when you start hearing the gunshots 
and you start hearing Hebrew, I'm sure you're hearing Hebrew. Uh, it was... Um, I, I was sleeping on the front of the of the the room where well the terrorists were. Yeah, wow. I was just nearby. Wow. And I was sharing a bed with a, one guy whose name was Jean Jacques Maimoni. We became friends, and they, he got killed. Uh, because uh, I heard I heard uh, shooting I heard something uh, he was sleeping I was not sleeping and uh, I don't know I react and I ran from there but he did not react and he got killed wow he got killed from and in my mind, it was from the terrorists. Right. But the soldier that said that he just get up, and they thought because it was looking like a Muslim, Muslim they killed him. And so it was killed by our soldiers, by mistake. But it happens. Yeah. And when, you know, I told you I came back to Uganda after a few years, and we talk, I talked to the soldiers, and we argue about it because I said, no, I saw the terrorist shoot him. And they said, no, it, I shoot him. So, wow, wow, wow. Uh, you argue with the soldier about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's and, 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 you know, I know, I don't know the true story. Sometimes you see something and it's not the reality. Right. You don't know. Right. I, I'm sure they knew better than me uh, what's going on. But for me, it was uh, like uh, so. You actually, you you're there. You, this man, the the one of the guys that you're with, got killed. Wow, what what that? Like I can't imagine, you know, what that must have felt like to be to know that you've got soldiers there when the, they said it's impossible. No, he, he, yes, no, no. First, when I heard uh, shooting. For me, it was that they should ask. They kill him. Yeah, that's what Sarah. That's what Sarah said. Everybody thought that. Yeah. Wow. So I ran away and I ran backward into into the the room backside. And <coughs> when I ran, I have to jump because there were chair. I have to jump chair, and I saw a woman got killed, and I saw the bullets coming into her body. And wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was in the in the corner. I, I knew that. I didn't know what's happening. I just knew that they are shooting us, and you hear that, and you smell the the, the smell of the gunpowder. Yes, gunpowder, and uh, and suddenly, I heard in Hebrew something as they said uh, on the friend just lay down and wow. you are safe and I look and I saw a guy a soldier with Tsar you know you you don't understand 
For you, you, you don't know right. what to think. Right. It's right. You are made. You don't know what is what part of your imagination or part of your reality. Right. And uh, it's take time. It's take time to consciously digest everything. Yes, it's it's even took me uh, days and days and days. Even after I came back to Israel, to realize, wow, that uh, it's not a dream. I had to. I will. Uh, I will tell you after how we did it. Because there is another story about that, uh, uh, but um, I had some shock because after they asked us to get up and go out, and when I went out, I saw my friend that was killed because I didn't know I didn't know it was killed. Wow! And uh, so I was shocked. And uh, after we had to run to the to the Hercules. You know, you, you, you just like an automat. You, you, you don't know. You don't know what's going on with you. Really, you don't know. You don't know if it's reality, if it's not a reality. Um, <coughs> and it's not it's not exactly 100% you don't realize you realize and you don't realize you know it's like right. on and off all the time they save us we are, we are going away and after a while you say just a moment it's impossible so uh, <laughs> and when I came back to Israel I remember um, I was uh, shocked and I couldn't speak before we get to that, what was it like on that plane flying home with all those people? Uh, you know, in the movie, we see people are talking and in and on. Uh, it was not like that. On the plane, it was Hercules. You don't sit, you sit on the floor. Okay. On the floor was a lot of blood, so I was sitting wow. to the blood. Wow. There were... Uh, uh, we we had Netanyahu and uh, ah they had Yanni's body on your plane yeah 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 what was it like knowing that here's a man who did, did you know he devised the plan not in the beginning we saw that there was a soldier and we saw all other soldiers that were very sad and we understood that somebody was killed and uh, we, but we 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 cannot talk because it's noisy it's so loud. It's so loud, it's noisy, and you cannot make make a conversation. Right. So you are you with yourself, and you pray because you don't know if um, if we will if you will arrive to Israel You're because you you are in danger until you are not in Israel. You don't uh, in, in safe territory. We we are traveling. Uh, uh, enemy, very bad countries. Very bad countries, and maybe uh, they will send uh, rockets or something that will understand that this plane are uh, from Israel. And wow! So uh, 
you're on this plane, nobody can talk, so there's no conversation going on, but you know that someone, one of the soldiers has died. Yes. And you're, you realize, though, that you're not out of harm's way until you land in the Jewish state. Even even before we land in the Jewish, uh, we, we land first in the uh, in, uh, army base, and uh, Israq Rabin was waiting for us there and uh, talked to us. And we understood that... Uh, I think the first time I realized that we we got, up, get, got out of it, it when I saw Israq Rabin. And, uh, and after a while, uh, uh, we took the same Hercules to uh, Ben Gurion Airport and uh, asked us uh, if we have relatives that uh, maybe uh, will come in Israel, if we have relatives, or they want, uh, we want uh, them to uh, have a car or taxi uh, back home. And so, but when you arrived, was there like some kind of big party, or we didn't know that it would be a big party. We 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 we, we were we, just to make you understand how much we we were out of the reality. My parents asked for a taxi because they were not sure that somebody will be there in the airport. Wow. Maybe nobody know that we are. You know, you you are, you are not you are not normal. You don't think normally. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I seriously, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in shock when I hear it because I've read about it. And to sit here and talk to you and hear this, knowing that you went through I'm trying to somehow, I can never do it, but somehow trying to just grasp a little bit emotionally and how that must have felt. I try to put myself... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's difficult to put yourself in this situation. Um you know, because uh, it's a very strange situation that you only realize after right. when you get out of it how much stupid you can be to be out of the reality. You know, yeah. I think it sounds stupid to 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 be uh, in a situation that uh, uh, they release you and you, you see everything and you feel everything, and even then, in your mind, you say. Maybe it's not that. <laughs> wow. it, it's, it's strange. It's strange. And um, I'm looking. Here's a picture. I want folks to take a look at this picture. You're right there in the front. A skinny young man right here. And I want you to look at the background, folks. I want you to see his background. See all the people. <clears throat> when you look at this picture... I mean, I see the joy on everyone's face. Yes. What, what, what was this? Do you, do you recall what this was back here, what was going on? Was this no. the... We know, they, they opened the door and we saw cameras and photographs and the people and, you know, it was for us uh, amazing. We... I remember, I remember this, uh, uh, this moment. Uh, and it's freedom, you know. You can say that again? It's freedom. You are free. 
you're getting free. And uh, it's, it's, you, you can appreciate uh, after, during all your life. I, I think this moment is, it's, I, I don't know who, who, who was Yoram, I mean me, if I was not there, if I was another person, if, what, what changed, what changed this uh, uh, event uh, made on my, on my, on my mind, on my uh, way of thinking, uh, if I was a different person. I'm sure it changed me. Yeah. But how much? I don't know. You're 17 at that time, so it's, it's, it's easier for sometimes a young person to recover mentally, emotionally, because there's so many other good things that have happened in your life since then. Um, yes, you recover, but I think it, it changed a person. Yeah. It changed a person. It changed always, you know, it's, uh, um, I think... Um, um, Maybe, maybe when you know, I I choose I choose to help people. Finally, I I choose to help people that uh, suffering for something, and, and I'm looking forward to to, to, to to change them life and to make them smile and to make them happy. This is making me happy. I don't know if if this is related to this event. If to 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 look uh, to help yeah. other people and it changed um, even after when I went to the army also it changed me I wanted to be a fighter and I fight also and, and um, I don't know I don't know yeah. when I see these young men that are preparing for the army when I talk to them they say I want the best I want the best position Yes, they fight for the best position. They fight to be fighters, and they fight uh, because we understand very well that if we don't fight, we we cannot lose one time a war. Right? Never. never. We can never lose. If we lose, we die. There is no uh, uh, option for us. Uh, uh, to, to lose. And what, what many of the Jews in the diaspora, and I'm going to say this specifically to American Jews, don't you dare blame this country for what is happening in the world. Don't you dare blame your people. And don't stand, because soon the American government will not be so pro-Israel as the economy continues and the culture continues to collapse and will be absorbed into what the rest of the world is falling into, and that is global government. Folks, if you want to hear the rest of this, we're going to post this video after the radio show is done. I want to say thank you for being on the show. We're going to con- I want to continue on with this, but I won't keep you much longer. Folks, this is Mike McGonough with Insight to Israel and for Heroes. Chocolates for Heroes. God bless this amazing, amazing country. And I want to say I thank God that you're here. Thank you very much. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.